Welcome to Two Minds Today with your host, Charlene, authority in leadership development, and Hale, an expert community builder. The pod all about best practices to get you noticed and ahead in your professional life. Good morning, Hala. I am so excited to start our conversation where we left off last week. Last week, we were chatting about airspace taking and sharing, and we really didn't get to what do you personally do with the person that is um, the attention hawk? How can you moderate what you are doing? So I think we should dive right in there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I would say, though, let's first uh, acknowledge the basic issue here that that is a very hard thing for people to do, right? It's very hard to manage someone who's taking up all the airspace. And it's very hard to navigate it. Um, At the same time, as we're starting this, I do want to say, don't go looking for that person in your meetings, because there's not always going to be someone who's taking up all the airspace. Don't sit there with a stopwatch and say, oh my gosh, you're talking 30 seconds more than me. You're taking up all the airspace. So it's not necessarily the case. And just because someone is having a couple of seconds more time than you, it doesn't mean that they are uh, an attention hog. I, um, one, I totally want to echo and agree that it is difficult to do. You are standing there, you are watching it in your head, you're a million miles trying to be like, what do I do? Am I supposed to jump in? Am I not supposed to jump in? Maybe you've just tuned the whole thing out and you're like not actually present. Um, And all sorts of energies and feelings come into play when you start to feel like you don't know when to jump in versus not. That's true. And I would say one of the main things that that I know happens to me is I hear someone else start speaking. And usually the first thought that goes through my head, because I'm pretty self-critical, is, oh my God, I can't believe I can't speak. Why don't I know this? That's so smart that they said this. How am I going to get in? Now I'm not going to get noticed. I'm so like, I start to really self-criticize. I know the other way is someone might start criticizing the person who's talking. Oh, that know-it-all. How come they can say everything? You know, who do they think they are talking, talking about the whole, everything all the time. I tend to self-criticize. Yeah. I, um, I tend to sort of get in my head and figure out when to jump in. So I, um, many, many, many years ago, did improv. And improv, you really have to like jump in whenever you feel the moment. And I know for myself, I was one of the people that in like the first 30 seconds of whatever the performance was, I needed to get on stage and do something. Otherwise, I'd be so nervous to jump in um, and I like would sit at the sidelines. So I often was like the first person out because I just had my own nerves and my own things I was dealing with. I'm like, great, I could do this. I'm going to go do this now. And then I will have taken my moment and I will feel, you know, um, like I accomplished I accomplished my my task. And so speaking for the people that, that take a lot of airspace, I kind of want to acknowledge that everyone's coming from different places and dealing with their own baggage, their own everything. And so um, today we'll kind of walk, walk a little bit uh, with you about like what could be going on with the person that that is taking up a lot of the airspace. Before we get into that, Charlie, I just want to take a moment and say I love the story that you just shared about having done improv years ago and how, first of all, it's informing your thinking about 
other people who might be taking up airspace, maybe they, they're nervous and they want to get, get information out. Um, I also like the fact that it's probably given you a set of skills and tools on how to manage a scenario where there's lots of people talking. And I just want to, you know, put it out there as like, no knowledge is ever wasted and no experience you have is ever not worth it. You might not know how it works into your life. So going off of this improv, I would say that one improv technique in a meeting to change the direction of the conversation of someone who's taking up a lot of space is to turn the attention to someone else. And how do you do that? You could just jump right in and say, oh, wait, you just mentioned X, Y, and Z. Hey, Jane, Bob, whoever across the room, aren't you working on X, Y, and Z project? And I think that that's one way of taking the attention off yourself because I think that's like people get nervous. Oh my God, if I jump in, I'm gonna look like I'm the attention hog now. And so I would say that's one improv technique is to come in and push, you know, take the direction and pull in somebody else, which is I think what you do in improv, right? You tag the next person in. I love the idea of, it, of tagging somebody else in and it's, it's really calling them into the conversation, inviting somebody else to share. And because you're also, which we'll get to next week, uplifting somebody who may not be able to feel that focus themselves. And I, and I think you could do it by the way, um, with or without them. I think it's like the A plus game. If you know, they have knowledge about what you're talking about and we'll call it like, the B minus game, but still good of like, oh, Sarah, what do you think about that? Right. Or Sarah, do you mind sharing your thoughts on that? And, um, but hello, like you mentioned, that is like the gold star standard of like, Sarah, you were working on that project too. Like, what did you think is like the superstar way to go? Um, let's take a little bit of moment. So I, I want to acknowledge that we've talked a lot about processing speeds. And I want to say that I think that a lot of people, and there was a lot of qualifiers, so I will name that I just use a whole lot of qualifiers. Um, I know that some people who are taking up a lot of airspace really just don't like um, silence. And I am one of those people where when someone is silent in a room um, or it's awkward pauses, I find awkward pauses incredibly awkward. So I know I tend to jump in and um, uh, yeah, and, and talk and take up the space so that we're not staring at each other awkwardly. And I think that everybody has a different threshold for the silence. There's been actually a lot of studies done on that, uh, that culturally and not just between countries, just even within the United States, like a New Yorker versus someone from California versus someone from the Midwest. People speak at different speeds. New Yorkers tend to overlap their speech. Uh, people in the Midwest like tend to give a lot longer time. So if you get someone from one side of the country, and this is just the US, same country, with someone else from another region, they might think that someone is being an attention hog or taking up all the airspace, air whereas the other person is thinking, hey, why aren't you talking? And why aren't you in this conversation with me? So yes, processing speeds is definitely an issue. And I think it's a very generous way of looking at um, this topic of attention hogs, right? Because that's sort of like a negative outlook, right? It's a negative way of looking at your colleague. Oh, they're trying to take up all the space. But by being generous with like looking at it from their point of view, maybe their processing speed is different. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're culturally different. I think that you come at it with a lot more compassion 
And that's like the key to being able to get work done in a collaborative effort. You need to know that you're all there for a good reason and you all want to support each other. I think compassion is such a fundamental thing for everything that really we always talk about, right? Like think about the other person, think about yourself and how is everybody fitting in together? And at the end of the day, it's okay to go out and be transparent. If you were just in a meeting with someone that took up a ton of space and you just didn't feel like you could jump in, pull them aside privately, be really candid with them and say, hey, what went on there? I really just didn't get my turn to jump in. And then you'll be able to, if you do it in from a place of kindness, from a place of compassion, um, you're going to get hopefully a positive response back, right? You're going to get the, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I was trying to, you know, I was in my own head or, you know, you're going to get the, I don't care about you. This is my deal. And then you also know where you stand. Hats off to those people who can practice radical candor and go directly to someone and and critique them in kindness. Um, I don't know whether I'm always capable of doing that. Sometimes you have to be personally in the correct headspace to do it. It does take a certain level of comfortable confidence and good collegiate relationships. So a way around that is to speak to um, the supervisor or leader of that meeting and or speak to a colleague, not in a gossipy way, which is a topic for a further discussion, but in a way of trying to come to a solution and say, okay, listen, it's hard for, uh, for me to get a word in edgewise and think about the person that you are. Think about the group of people who come together and maybe it makes sense to have an agenda or a particular time that you have to be able to speak or present your piece if you're that kind of person or you know buddy up with your friend and say hey you're really good at interrupting can you like do that and like and pull me in so i i agree with you charlene may we all be blessed with the ability to directly speak with someone but it's sometimes hard the bottom line is confidence right you want to have confidence in yourself confidence in your ability to move confidence that you do know what you're talking about and and i as we're talking i uh, imposter syndrome is a huge topic that maybe we'll add to our queue to to touch on more thoroughly but know yourself and know and have enough confidence in your knowledge and skill if you're a person that know walks away right you back up when someone is forward then absolutely do what Hillel said. Talk to the person running the meeting in advance. Say, I just have trouble getting in. Do you mind if you call on me first, right? And then by the way, be prepared to be called on first. And and have confidence and compassion for the person who's doing all of the talking. Yeah. Because at the end of the meeting, at the end of the day, all these meetings are about us working together for an end goal to reach a conclusion that we all want. That's why you're coming together for a greater good that you all agree on. Yes, definitely. Thanks a lot for chatting today. This is this is great. And we have a, a few places we're going to pick up next week on, on this topic. But thanks for joining, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And remember, every week, keep on learning, keep refreshing, keep thinking. And we hope that our tips are helpful as a great reminder for you. See you next week. Bye. See you next time on Two Minds Today. Like and subscribe.